In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Eternal Father, you called St. Philip the Evangelist to open his mouth and beginning with Scripture, tell the good news of Jesus Christ. By virtue of our baptism, we too are called to work for the salvation of souls. Instill in our hearts the zeal of St. Philip, that we may convert hearts and minds to your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the St. Philip Institute podcast, where we talk about how to teach the Catholic faith. Your hosts today are myself, Stacey Trasenkos, the director of the St. Philip Institute, and His Excellency Bishop Joseph Strickland, who's the founder of the St. Philip Institute. We have a guest today, Miss Debbie Vintage, who is the founder and president of the Children of God for Life. Um, she is the go-to expert on all things vaccine, fetal tissues, fetal cells. Um, she's been following these issues for many years, and um, she knows the history, the science, the medical issues, the doctrinal issues. Um, she knows this subject full circle, 360. What we try to do on the St. Philip Institute podcast is teach you how to teach the Catholic faith. So we're not just having a podcast where we're, we're passing on the doctrine. We're, we're, we're helping other Catholics learn how to talk about these issues, the way doctrine affects the way we live our, day, our lives in the modern world and navigate difficult, challenging circumstances, how to use the doctrine in your everyday life. So we're teaching you how to teach the Catholic faith, whether it's friends and family, um, non-believers, other Christians, atheists. Um, the truth is the truth. And so we're all about uh, talking about and teaching how to teach the Catholic faith. So today we have the benefit of Miss Debbie Vintage's expertise and broad knowledge in this subject. And it's such an honor to have you here, Debbie. And we're both very blessed to be able to talk to you and appreciate so much your willingness to join us today for this podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me join you. Actually, I'm very honored to, to do that and help you in any way possible. And, and let me add my thanks, Debbie. Um, Dr. Stacy and I have uh, talked about these issues a lot. And as a bishop and in just in my pastoral work, it constantly comes back to our basic Catholic teaching. We believe that life is sacred from conception to natural death. And, and I guess the way I would frame our conversation uh, right now, Debbie, is to really talk about how do we live that? What do we do to, to make a difference? What do we, we need to be conscious of? Frankly, with the whole issue that you're an expert in, I was less than a neophyte. I maybe worked my up to be worked my way up to being a neophyte now in the issue, and I was just ignorant before uh, the most you know the past few months, um, ignorant of the fact that um, unborn children, aborted children, their 
body parts have been used in crafting um, cell lines for vaccines. From what you've said, it goes back many decades. And to me, it's, it's a root corruption in our world that is denying the sanctity of life. And I would hope that you can help people that are listening, help those who believe, share our belief that from conception, there's a sacred person there microscopically and then as they grow to, to help us know some some real specific ways where we can live that and we can encourage and teach others it's not just tissue it's not the woman's body yes the woman is sacred absolutely she's a child of god she is in that process from conception to natural death but there are two people there when a when a woman is bearing a child in her womb and, and I would hope that you can help, you know, to, I'll use the word, to flesh out what we really believe and how we make some choices and live and navigate a very complicated world as believers that this is a sacred life and we can't dispose of it. We can't utilize it. We can only hold it as a person who is sacred. That's absolutely right. Um, I think, you know, too much has been, I, I talked to so many people on this issue and have over the last 20 years. Um, and, and there's this idea that, well, you know, yes, abortion, it was a terrible thing, but isn't it good that we can get some good out of it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's just goes to the premise of, of our faith of everything. You know, you, one cannot do evil so that good might come from that. You, you know, you can't justify the abortions by saying, look at the good that came from it. Uh, and, and you're right, Your Excellency, this goes back into this, this, these abortions that were being done. Even if you were pro-choice, you um, would be horrified, a person who's pro-choice would be horrified to hear that they actually were doing forced abortions, forced sterilizations in the early 1900s, and then using these babies in polio research. So, um, you know, that's if, if someone who is pro-woman, pro-choice say that's that's definitely not right no. um, you know, to do that. So um, it, it it's a it's a very, very difficult and complex subject to to some to some. It's black and white. I know so many people who just um, would say it just as you do. I will not use a vaccine that is made using the remains of an aborted baby period. And now we have this unique opportunity right now to, approach to, to make a big difference. Yep. And you're kind. I mean, you're a hero to me, Debbie. Because, I mean, you you don't. The, on one hand, the issue is very simple. It d doesn't have to be any more complex than what Bishop said. I won't kill children to to live. And then when you start, so I mean, I came to know you back in um, I think 2010 or 11, 12, somewhere around there. Because I, I had converted in 2006. I was having baby after baby after baby and trying so hard to do the right thing as a Catholic mother. And I stumbled upon this question, and it was simple on one hand, and then I quickly learned it's, it's not so simple because you can think about it abstractly all you want to, but when you're sitting in the doctor's office and you watch that needle go into your child knowing you failed to demand an ethical vaccine and you know what's going on, it, it is, it's really heartbreaking. And I found your work, and I found your website, Children of God for Life, and I, I was at least comforted to know there was information there. 
Um, and and we're we're at this cusp right now, this crux, I guess, in, in our society, the whole world, where we do have an obligation to speak up and protest this now, where, where parents never have been able to protest what happened back in the 70s because we're all here in these decades now. We couldn't really protest, and we had to accept what was going on to protect our children or not accept, but we didn't have much of a choice either way. Neither choice was good. Um, we have an opportunity to protest this, and and I think what we're struggling with is how, other than saying, I won't kill children to live. And I think a lot of people, I mean, we had the Right the Wrong campaign or the Right the Wrong project where we were trying to get the word out to people. Um, so many people just said, I, I totally agree with what Bishop Strickland said. But the next thing that we need to help them with is what do we do now? Like, how do we effectively make a difference to what the industry and the government's going to do? Well, it's a good question because it depends. I, I think, first of all, we have a, a really unique opportunity with the president that we have in office right now. I think that if you had a pro-choice um, liberal type leaning president in mm -hmm. office, we would have no no chance to stop this. But I think um, having get, being able to get the president and vice president's ear on this is important. I would tell people I think that that is um, where they should target things right now. I mean, we can go to the pharmaceutical companies and we can write a letter and say, we don't want you to do this. But in the end, the pharmaceutical companies, unless they're hearing it from the doctors, now, the doctors that are Catholic, especially the Catholic Medical Association, um, you know, has a strong opportunity to to make their voices heard. And we we are doing that um, in this this letter that Archbishop Nauman uh, recently sent to uh, it was sent to the to the FDA, but it was copied to the Department of Health and Human Services mm -hmm. and both President Trump and Vice President. President Pence. Um, and, and of course, the Catholic Medical Association signed on. They're the direct customers of the pharmaceutical companies. They have the greatest ability, you know, for to make an impact. We're, we're secondary, really, mm -hmm. to the doctor. I mean, we could say, um, you know, the, the doctors could say to Merck, for example, you know, my, my, my uh, patients won't use your vaccine. Um, it, you know, you need to do something about that because I'm going to be buying less product from you because, right? So it, we do affect their bottom line. We do have that up, up ability. But I think that our voices are heard better on, in, in the areas where they can actually make a difference, meaning the president and the vice president, especially when we have a, a worldwide pandemic going on right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that you are the person responsible for getting clarity from the Vatican back in 2005. Um, and that the more the way it was uh, elucidated or, or articulated in terms of moral theology was that parents or anybody who uses a vaccine made this way. And, and we're talking about using cell lines that came from an aborted child. It's, a, it's called remote, list, it's licit cooperation and evil, but it's remote immediate. And the way I've explained it to doctors before using that language is parents are the most remote and it, it's immediate because we're, right. we're using the materials, but we didn't have a, we didn't make the decision to, to develop the vaccines that way and we didn't play a role in the development. And we're, and so doctors and parents are way out here, the most remote, but I've told a room full of doctors before only parents are more remote than you doctors. You're at least one step closer 
to the responsibility and the obligation to speak up. So we need you doctors to say something for us and we need to tell doctors to say stuff. That's right. That's right. And you know, Stacy, there was a, a, a situation that actually happened many years ago where um, I had a, a person contact me. She was a Catholic um, salesperson working for Merck. And when she went to call on her, she was just new, had just been hired, and she went to call on her doctor. The doctor kicked her out and mm-hmm. said, I don't, I don't do business with anyone who's using aborted fetal material. The doctor was very strongly pro-life, and he kicked her out. She didn't know what he was talking about. So she went back to her boss, and her boss had to tell her the truth. And she, she, she quit her job. Oh, and she wow. said, no, I'm not going to. Yep. So, yeah, the the doctors um, the doctors are very powerful in this regard. They really are. Um, but the parents can make a difference too. I'm sorry. That um, just sort of tagging on to what Dr. Stacy just said. Something as as we're navigating all of this. I mean, and there are multiple layers that everyone's dealing with economically. Uh, fear about this very contagious virus. All those sorts of issues. Um, a basic principle that I keep coming back to that I think applies here is the principle of subsidiarity, which basically means moral decisions need to be made at the lowest level possible. Every person making their a well-formed conscience making their decision. Um, and I think that, that is, it, I'm reminded of that as you're talking, like this, this pharmaceutical rep that you mentioned quit her job. She's making a decision at her level, basically the same decision I'm making, that I'm not going to allow into my body a vaccine that is tainted. She quit her job because she wasn't going willing to continue to sell vaccines that are tainted. Um, I think that is a good way, at least for me, to frame what what we need to do what does a mother need to do what does a father need to do what does an individual if we're talking about adult vaccines um what do the doctors need to do and thankfully as you mentioned debbie uh and it 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 logically seems that doctors are a major audience that we need to wake them up to Uh, i'm sure many doctors know all about it and could care less but I'm sure there are also doctors that may not be informed of exactly because they're busy people, men and women. Um, but to to really, it seems like that's part of what you're recommending, Debbie, mm-hmm. is that we really see doctors as an audience for really promoting ethical vaccines. And they are the ones, they're sort of the go-between between the family receiving the vaccine, whoever in the family is receiving it, and the drug company that's producing it. And like you said, if enough doctors say, listen, people, we're not going to buy your product because my customers don't want it. They're not going to buy it. That will drive the market as much as any moral um, conversation. I mean, we know what's right, but urging people to do the right thing sometimes is just if we make it advantageous to their bottom line, Dollar-wise, right. it makes a difference. That's right. Money talks, right? That's what they yeah. say. Money talks. <laughs> and in this case, definitely would. You know, we have something that's very frustrating to me, and this is where I, I'm so grateful, uh, Bishop Strickland, to have your help because this is it's from our bishops that we can get 
that pressure put on our Catholic health mm -hmm. um, uh, groups. Well, there are so many of them. We have a powerhouse uh, of Catholic physicians out there. Uh, Catholic healthcare has got to step forward. We've got to have them step forward and put the pressure on these companies to give us the moral options. Yeah, we have to. Yeah. Um, you know, and if we do that, and if our bishops would do that, to the going to their own Catholic, you know, into their diocese, to their different organizations that are out there. I know there's so many of them, you know, in different. And I know Texas has a lot. Sure. Um, it would be wonderful to see a unified effort coming out of Texas, where the bishops just, you know, and Catholic healthcare says that's it. We're not going to use your product. I mean, that would that would stir up some, um, you know, turn some heads. Definitely would help yeah. tremendously. Um, and it's, I think it's, you know, we have the Catholic Medical Association and they've, they do what they can, but Catholic Health is huge. Mm -hmm. CMA is very, is small compared to Catholic Health Association. They're yeah. huge. Yeah. Um, I think it's useful for people who have studied situations in depth like you have, Debbie. I think um, that you have that grace of foresight you know, none of us can predict the future, but in in practicing prudence and trying to look forward, what are, and, and we're just, to the audience, we're just speculating here, but sometimes if you specula speculate and try to, if you speculate, <laughs> if you speculate and try to see with your headlights on a little bit down the road in the light of grace, I think sometimes uh, it helps us get prepared. I'm not going to lie. I am... I'm trying not to be too worried right now. I don't like it if anxiety takes me over and, and I'm not in control of that. You know, I'm trying to stay calm. I'm trying to just go day by day. But if you look at the writing on the wall, this isn't good the way things are going. If somebody like Johnson & Johnson comes out with the first vaccine and it's made from not just made from aborted children who were whose cell lines were whose cell lines were grown from but even they're talking about using newly aborted children in much greater numbers to humanize mice as test machines for the vaccines so it's not just a simple question of children aborted in the past it's talking about now so looking at the writing on the wall if if everybody in the government and the industry decides they're okay with this and if they produce the fastest way to produce a vaccine is to use human children's bodies who were aborted and unwanted and we find ourselves with this vaccine there and if the government says we require everyone to receive this vaccine we're looking at a very different situation than just saying can children be exempt from vaccines in schools we're, we're looking at possibly getting arrested <laughs> for not having the vaccine. And, and I'm again, I'm just speculating. I'm just saying, I'm asking you, what do you and what do you, Bishop, what do y'all think about that? Well, personally, it's, it's people, people, um, well, are looking at this all different ways. Some people are saying, oh, that's conspiracy theories. It's never going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the fact is, is that if, we, if this pandemic continues, if it or we have a resurgence of it, which is I've heard that as well, that, you know, it's going to go away, but it's going to come back in the mm -hmm. fall. Um, it's going to be worse and so forth. Um, we, the, vac the vaccine, having a vaccine, first of all, the good news is the, the two companies that are probably best able 
to come out with a vaccine first would at this point is the um, joint effort that's put out by Sanofi Pasteur and GlaxoSmithKline. And I say that because they're talking about using the cell line that they already use today in the flu vaccines. So they have a, it's a caterpillar cell line, actually, it's an insect cell. And they they use that in their uh, flu block, I believe is the one that uses it. So we've got a tried and true cell line that's moral versus in the case of Johnson & Johnson, their, their cell line they're using has never been used in any vaccine in the United States, period. So to me, it looks like we would have a quicker approval, okay. you know, with, with the others. So that's good news. And that's mm-hmm. something maybe we can focus on. And maybe it's saying, you know, we don't want to get desperate. We don't want to, uh, what's the word I want to say? I don't want to increase the panic that people mm-hmm. are already going through. And to think, oh, my goodness, you know, we the only vaccine we're going to have is using supported babies. That's that's maybe bad. Mm-hmm. So. But maybe not, right? And, and and I'm going through. I have a list on our website. Um, and anybody that goes to the main chart of our vaccines, um, I don't, I can show you. I, this is what the front page of it looks like. I don't know if you can see it or not. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it lists on this side in yellow. These are all the good ones, and on this side in red are all the bad ones. The good news is I've got three pages of this, and the good is winning. Oh, I guess it's thirteen to six. Well, so we, yeah, that's that's very good. Um, and some of these things are preventatives and treatments and not vaccines, which is also good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it, there's there's hope out there. I don't want people to think that uh, you know we're we're all in trouble here because, but we have to have to absolutely have to make that known that we're not using the aborted fetal. We yeah. don't have to do it, and we have a we have based on what the Vatican has stated. We have an absolute obligation right. to do something about it. Yeah. And I guess to me, like we've said before, Debbie, um, the time is now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the days are right. ticking by because, as Dr. Sacy is saying, if the headline comes whenever a vaccine has been produced mm-hmm. and it's available, and whether they're making it, you know, forcing people to have it or not, to me, that's down the road, and I, I doubt. I mean, you know, that gets into legal stuff. I mean, that's all sort. Right. In this country, I don't see that as a major issue right now. But I think today is the time to mm-hmm. act. That's why we're in Talking the midst of this mission, yeah. right the wrong, um, because if we just sort of don't act, and that headline comes, and there is a vaccine, how wonderful! And in the fine print, it says, and these are the dead children, the unborn aborted children that were used to produce it. Um, Then, you know, we're blown out of the water because Mm -hmm. even the the moral um, arguments that we know are the truth and and I believe are woven into so much that's broken in our world. We've ignored the sanctity of life. I mean, and I can imagine you can tell us in ways that would be horrifying even to people that are somewhat informed, but we've got to take this moment to say no moving forward because if that vaccine is produced, many people, Catholic, non-Catholic, and certainly people that don't even believe in any God uh, are going to say, this is great, and I could care less Mm -hmm whether it's produced literally 
um, on the parts of aborted children, they're just going to say, great, it's a vaccine. So in a sense, we've lost the, the battle if that headline comes and it's not. I mean, I would in, encourage and, and hopefully you can give us some, I mean, even me as a bishop, how can I support this? I mean, there were several names there, Glasgow, Glexo, whatever. But this this one that you said is using caterpillars. Uh, thank you, yeah. caterpillars. Uh, but how do we really promote that and say, support these people, let them know you got a customer here. Mm-hmm. Get this, you know, work your scientists, do keep on this path because we want to support you. Uh, how do we have kind of a grassroots effort to to do that? Well, it, it's really good that you're asking this because the the companies like the GlaxoSmithKline and Sanofi Pasteur, right? That's this is number two and number three largest pharmaceutical companies in the United States, uh, Merck being number one, and Merck is doing it unethically. Um, the other two are not. Um, Johnson and Johnson is they're they've never produced a vaccine yet. So, you know, I think we have a really good opportunity to, um, as as uh, consumers, as doctors, as Catholic leaders, our bishops, to go out to these companies. You can go to the companies and say, look, Johnson & Johnson, we're not buying your product. Drop the PERC6 technology that you're using. Don't worry about you know, the technicality here, but stop using that aborted fetal cell line. You, it's not necessary. Um, and and at the same time, praise GlaxoSmithKline yeah. and Sanofi. We, they need to hear probably, I would say, you know, we always talk about going after the people that are doing it wrong, but we've got to give thanks yeah. to the people that are doing it right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that, I guess that's, that's a, what I'm thinking because people need yeah. positive efforts right now, mm-hmm. and right. it's a very positive effort, a saintly effort. I mean, there's something sanctified about actually working to promote people doing good mm-hmm. that is very necessary. I mean, I think everyone would love for these ethical cell lines to produce a vaccine. That's wonderful. I mean, it, it helps to uh, address this virus that has distorted every aspect of our lives. So, um, I mean, you've got me mm-hmm. excited about, you know, I, I can at least start with a letter from the Bishop of Tyler, and they'll say, who's that? Where's he? But (laughs) at least an official letter that is praising them and encouraging them. And then, and we could have a campaign in the diocese, write a letter. I mean, how many, I've never written a letter to a drug company. Um, I don't like taking medication of any kind, (laughs) but I'll write a letter to these companies that are on the right path. And with that encouragement, I mean, even, I mean, certainly I, I, I don't disagree with writing to Johnson & Johnson saying, please drop the unethical, focus on the ethical, because we're not going to use the unethical anyway. But, I mean, just think of the, just again, looking at the market, if these companies that are working ethically toward a vaccine get, are getting all the support, you know, the other companies are just going to, I mean, their marketing executives are going to be saying, hey, let's change our plan because we need to get on that bandwagon and get off of this that is deadly in so many ways. 
Well, that's right. That's right. And, and I think if we could do that, I think that if you could have a large, okay, you, you know, Bishop of Tyler, and they say, well, where's Tyler, Texas? You know, some people don't know. But, you know, drop some numbers into their lap, uh, you know, the number of, of, of counties or the number of, of um, you know, parishioners that you're talking about or talk or combine your efforts with some of the other bishops in Texas would be tremendous. I would love nothing more than to see the entire state the Texas Catholic Conference to unite on this. The um, Florida Catholic Conference did. They, they sent out an action alert, actually. And that came as a result of the U.S. Conference of Bishops when Archbishop Nauman, um, you know, announced his letter that he had sent. So I think that um, that's that's the kind of thing we've got to see more of. We've got to we've got to take it down to the to the uh level of the sales rep who can't go even go out to the doctors anymore because no one wants to buy their product, you know? Yep. So yeah. It, it, yeah, it trickles down and it does a, it does a tremendous amount of good. What's the, we always, at the end of the podcast, we do an into the chariot, um, sort of just takeaway from all of this. I mean, we've said a number of high level things. I mean, as a parent, I always do that with my kids. Like what's the fundamental thing that you take away from this? So, because that might be all they remember, but you know, defend the sanctity of life, defend the truth, defend what's right. Don't be afraid to speak up. But as it relates to this situation, Debbie, what, what do you think is the one takeaway right now at this moment in time for Catholics who are listening? Uh, the one takeaway would be the absolute duty to do something about this. We cannot sit back and just wait for something to happen. They need to, and, and, and their own conscience is going to feel a lot better in the long run if they can say, let's suppose the worst happens, worst yes. case scenario, that here comes the aborted fetal vaccine and you did nothing. I would say the Catholics who do absolutely nothing are complicit. No longer are is this remote material cooperation. It's a complicit um, situation that you're complicit with the fact that this is what we ended up with because you did nothing. And some yeah. people think, well, what's one person going to do? Yeah. Well, one person isn't. But if everyone did, I think we have how many million Catholics? <laughs> Sixty something? I don't something know. Sixty-three like million Catholics? Yeah. 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 That's powerful. So do something. If you're not quite sure what to do, pray about it. God will put people in your life who you need to speak up to, if nothing else, if, even right. if you have to do it by the phone. <laughs> um, okay. Where can people find out more? Um, your website is, is excellent. You need to, I'm warning people, if you're going to go there and get information, you need to bring a meal, bring some coffee, spend some time, because <laughs> there's a lot of data there. Data. Debbie loves data, and that, that's why I love Debbie, because <laughs> we're very much alike there. She, but she backs up everything she says on that website. Um, right. Can you tell people more about your website? Sure. Um, if you go on to the main page, which is, uh, or, or you could just look up Children of God for Life, but it's mm -hmm. C-O-G-F-O-R-L-I-F-E dot org. Okay. C-O-G-F-O-R-L-I-F-E dot org. Cog for Life. If you go on there, we have several different things across the top. There's a, there's a tab that says vaccines. And if you click on that, this is probably one of the most helpful things that, that people out there should be aware of. Um, if you click on the, the vaccine chart underneath, it's a drop-down menu. Mm -hmm. It says vaccine chart. 
it's going to give you up-to-date information about every vaccine and medicine that we know of out there on the market using aborted fetal cells if there's a moral alternative and then and how to you know who, who makes it mm-hmm. um, and on the COVID we've actually I because there's so many that are in development I actually have that link to this document I showed you earlier and it's under COVID-19 everything's in alphabetical order so it's very simple click on it and you'll go right to the uh, latest uh, products that are out there um, it's updated as of uh, May 5th so it's it's you know very up to date and I will keep it updated as I go through each and every one of these vaccines out there it's very tedious because I have to go into research it Bishop's got uh, it, it on it, his phone <laughs> oh <laughs> he's got your okay. website there there we yes. go it, it is the place to go if you if you have questions you will get answers there and be prepared to have a lot to dig through and and learn about well thank you so much for joining us we are going to close out now and um just really of an honor to have you here debbie bishop strickland's going to oh sorry no i just thank (laughs) thank you for having me come on and um bishop strickland i i do want you to know that we're we're pushing and help trying to help you in any way possible um we've got over 5500 people i know that have acted on your i don't know what what has happened but that have at least acted on your request for uh taking action so um, i hope that we continue that trend with a lot more thanks debbie thanks for all the support the lord be with you and with with your spirit. spirit almighty god we ask your blessing for debbie for dr stacy for all the work in the diocese of tyler and throughout the church that we may Continue to hold sacred every life that you give us from conception to natural death, and that we may be active and engaged in the ways that we can support that sanctity of life in small ways and in large ways. We thank you, Lord, for the great work of Debbie and her organization, Children of God for Life. We pray that you will continue to bless and guide them in your light and grace, the Easter light of your risen Son, as we seek to uphold the sanctity of life. Help us to be people who don't just speak the words of the gospel, but actually put it into action and live this truth. And we ask your blessing for all of our work in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless, Debbie. Thank you. God bless you too.